0: Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com/be to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's myflexlearning.com/be. This B podcast network show is presented by IXL, loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers. IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. Welcome to the Rebel Educator Podcast, where we talk to students, educators, and thought leaders who are innovators and creatives in education. I'm your host, Tanya Sheckley. Thanks for joining us. Hello, everyone. I'm here today with Michael Robbins. Michael Robbins was the founder of District of Learning and is the co-founder of Learning Pathmakers. He's on a mission as a builder of human digital learning systems. So, Michael, hello. Hello. Thanks thanks for joining us. (laughs) I'd love to hear about your journey, how you began with this work and how it's evolved into what Learning Pathmakers is today.
1: Sure. So I've, I've been working at the intersection of education, technology, and community building for three decades. You know, a lot of that has been at the grassroots level, you know, in some of our most marginalized communities, uh, working with teens and families involved in the juvenile system. I worked on the startup of AmeriCorps um, and have been, you know, engaged as a public sector leader and social entrepreneur in many ways. The work I'm doing now, you know, I think links most closely to the five years I spent as a senior leader in the Obama administration, uh, where I led work uh, for the U.S. Department of Education and the White House on community partnerships in education. A big piece of this was looking at the role of technology, in, not just for learning, because we were seeing that happen, but um, looking at how technology can really be a tool for collaboration, how we can have stronger partnerships between teachers and parents, between schools and community-based organizations, and then digging even deeper at this role of data. You know, at a time when we had, you know, one-to-one rollouts of devices and these big data systems being created, it was a train wreck. And so I worked with our Office of Education Technology and others. And what I found was this work that the MacArthur Foundation had started doing. Um, they would piloted what was the Chicago Summer of Learning, where they were using digital badges to credential learning that happened all the time and anywhere. And I saw this as an opportunity. And so when I left the department, A little over five years ago, I launched District of Learning here in Washington, D.C., and worked with the MacArthur Foundation and others to build um, a mobile-first platform for digital badges, um, learning playlists, uh, and online portfolios. But as we know that, you know, even the, the best technology doesn't work unless you have the human side of it. And the real challenge was how do we build the people side of the learning ecosystem? The partnerships, the understanding, the different approaches. And so, you know, we've been working on this now for over five years, essentially, like, how do you make remote learning work? And so when the pandemic set in, um, you know, we started engaging with our partners and others, particularly around questions of equity, um, because mm-hmm. this transition to, um, you know, to Zoom school was, was a real equity killer. We lost Three million students. We didn't know where they were. Um, now, schools made amazing pivots overnight, and it's been an, you know an incredible feat. But you know, we started looking at what could we do both to respond to this crisis, and then what's available now with the next generation of technology to take this work to the next level. And so um, we officially launched. Uh, me and my co-founder, Cecily Darn Adams. Uh, We launched Learning Pathmakers earlier this year to do sort of two things. One is um, to respond to people now in the context of, you know, the education crisis that they're dealing with. But then secondly, understanding that there's, you know, such this chasm between what's technologically possible and the tech future we'll be experiencing in the near future and that we need a way to bridge those things. So we've been, we've been working on that and happy to dig into uh, the different pieces of, of this as we, we talk more.
0: Want to know one of my biggest frustrations with EdTech? Tools that assume every student learns the same way at the same pace. I need my technology to do more for me. That's why it's so important for me to know that IXL provides true personalized learning across the entire pre-K to 12 curriculum and that it's proven benefit to all student populations including english learners and students in special education programs IXL is research proven to accelerate achievement studies across 45 states show that IXL schools outperform non-IXL schools on state assessments and independent research from Johns Hopkins University verifies IXL meets ESSA tier 1 standards with those results combined with IXL's teacher friendly reputation what more could you ask for I'm sure you want to increase achievement for all students. Find out how IXL can help. Visit IXL.com/b for a demo. That's IXL.com/be. Yeah, so you talked, you know, one of the things we've talked a lot about as we looked at launching a distance learning program and everybody moved to Zoom school is that idea that tech doesn't really work without humans. And how do you still teach empathy and how do you teach connection and how do you keep Keep classrooms and keep teachers together and build that relationship when, you know, I mean, it's great to see you, but the reality is I'm looking at a flat glass screen. Um, right. And so how, you know, how do you create that connection with people using technology?
1: Yeah, it's, um and there are ways to do that. There are even ways to do that with Zoom. But what we launched into was trying to replicate in-person classroom instruction instead of using Zoom as a relationship building tool. And now, as a result, we have even more work to do. Like you look at schools coming back and you know every middle school or high school is facing a situation where half the students are new to the building coming in this fall, mm-hmm. right? They probably don't know each other. And you know relationships, school culture can be so fragile and take such a long time to build. And unless we focus on, you know, this fundamental relationship building, um, we're going to be feeling the impacts. I mean, we will already, but we'll be even feeling them worse, the impacts of our education crisis for a decade.
0: Yeah, as these young people grow up and still are struggling with with Zoom school and with building that relationship. Right. And And with that, not necessarily loss of learning as much, but loss of connection that we've had. Connection yeah. to
1: each other, and connection to their communities.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, you know, in in all this work, we um, we've been consulting and collaborating with dozens of education leaders across the globe, and really digging deep on technology, and specifically looking at you know four different areas for technology. One is data, which is just really important. Uh, the second is uh, blockchain-related. The third is artificial intelligence. And the fourth is this area, the best general term is spatial computing, but it's what encompasses augmented and virtual reality um, and the spatial web. These technologies you know, are not just technologies for learning. They, in fact, will define the way that we interact in school and work and life in the not-too-distant future. But we know that we can't just start with technology. We have to start with the human side of things. So Cecily and I, in February, we wa- launched the inaugural pilot of the Learning Pathmakers um, Expedition, and we, we structured um, a three-week interactive experience that started not with this idea of systems reform. You know, this is a time when everyone's talking about reimagining education. We've been doing that forever. We've been involved in that. We see it happening in small pieces and your school is a is a great example of that. But the system as a whole, what we see is it's already trying to go back to a normal that doesn't actually exist anymore. That's what systems do. And so with the Learning Pathmakers Expedition, we're focused not to the exclusion of systems, but we're focused on on the perspective of students, the most powerless group of people in this equation of our learning ecosystem. And we're focused on what each of us can do as individuals. So with the expedition, we brought together over the course of three weeks, about 150 teachers, education leaders, parents, students, technology experts, and said, okay, how can we chart a different pathway, right? So these visions exist. What we bring to this that is really fundamentally different is what does that pathway look like to get to that different future?
0: What does that pathway look like? <laughs> I'm glad you set up does. that question perfectly. <laughs> yeah. So
1: we have seven steps um, that we've we've mapped through and we um we led people through. We're in the process now of taking this and turning it into an, an adaptable. A solution, a set of resources that school communities can use with their own work going forward. The first step is activate your learning superpowers. Um, and it gets to this issue of student confidence, of agency, of self-determination. You know, for each of these, um each of these seven steps, we also had a value that we anchored off of. And our value for this is self-determination. My co-founder, Cecily Darn Adams is a Clifton strengths coach and has deep work in talent development. And so really starting with, no matter where you come from the, you know, the learning ecosystem, if you're a student, teacher, parent, community partner, you know, what are, what are your talents? How do you build on those? And, you know, recognizing that, you know, we all have, have these that, that can bring us together. Our anchor for bringing people together is what we call our learning DNA. And it recognizes the fact that each of us do three things. We are all learners, we're all educators, and we all support the learning of others. And at a time when society is being pulled apart, how can the fact that we all engage in these things bring us together? So it's bigger than just schools. It's about stitching back together our social fabric at a time when we're being pulled apart. So we focused our first step, activate your learning superpowers, around, you know, what is it you bring to, to this learning DNA, to this learning genome that we can build? Our second step is engage a learning navigator. Now, this is a new term. We strongly believe that it's a position that has been missing for far too long on the education org chart. It's someone who sees the world from the eyes of a student where learning transcends across school and community and home and virtual spaces. We have it—you know bits and pieces of this in education. We have it in other fields, right? We have healthcare case managers. We have social service case managers. But this is a role that parents serve. You know, Cecily had come to this work from the Flamboyant Foundation that's been doing really deep work from the teacher side on parent-teacher engagement. But the fact is we have a lot of work that we can do from the parent side and from the student side on building those relationships. So, you know, what what does this role of learning navigator look like? We talked about that and how you would work with them. Our value uh, for that section is opportunity. Our third step is um, extending this learning navigator and we call it build your social learning network. It's, you know, recognizing that That learning is a team sport. Our approaches to education don't recognize that, right? The great people on individual achievements, they're isolating. And so here it's really, how can you, and here again, taking it from the student perspective, how can you build your learning team? Who are the people that you want on your learning team? What is it that they can do? So, in building this learning team, our value for this piece uh, around a- activate your social learning network is is the the value of love. It's you know how we come together and want for each other what we want for ourselves. You'll notice that in all of this, I really haven't talked about technology yet, but as we go through this, as we've gone through the expedition, in each step, we've talked about like what could be the supporting role of technology. We know that The best pathway forward is one of co-creation, of engaging people in designing and understanding and building the tech solutions that will support their their work and learning. And where we really start to get to the tech is in our fourth step, which is owning your learning data. Education is the place where we collect the most information on people, the earliest in their lives. They don't know most of it exists. They don't have access to it. They couldn't understand it in a lot of cases if, if they did. And in many cases, it's not data that would help them. For us, you know, owning your learning data is about owning your information to be able to tell your story, to write your story for success, for school and work and life. And at a time when data ownership is a much broader issue in society, we look at, you know, movies like the social dilemma. Um, you know, we talk about this issue of data dignity and how, you know, fundamental ownership of data, um, is something that's essential. As part of this, um, we've been working with technology experts on designing an independent accounting system for learning data. With District of Learning, you know, we were using digital badges and a platform for that, but we can do so much more now with data science, with blockchain technology, with private and secure data storage, emerging technologies that literally weren't available five years ago that allow us now to own, you can own your learning data just like you own Bitcoin, right? Or Dogecoin. Imagine what's possible if you could do that. So for our value for data, there is uh, is one of transparency. And, you know, transparency is, um, is also linked to trust. And you know, we have all of these opaque systems, both on social platforms, in you know, big data, e-commerce, education. And it's it's time that people be able to see what the data is about them and, and to own it and secure it in a better way. You know, moving into our fifth day, we start looking at, you know, what we've been doing with district of learning, which is how do we build a connected learning ecosystem? What what does it look like? To connect learning everywhere. Uh, our value there is uh, with solidarity, recognizing that schools can't and shouldn't go it alone. I mean, teachers are overworn out, right? Leaving the profession in droves. People are not wanting to become educators because of this. One of the failings of you know this no excuses movement is that you know, in their quest to own responsibility for learning in the classroom, regardless of what the student is experiencing in the community, schools have put blinders on and they've relegated community partners to field trips and after school programs and wraparound services. But the truth is that these communities, our communities are full of learning resources. What we need is better ways to connect and credential and coordinate them where they happen all the time and everywhere. And so here, um, you know, we're also working on how we use technology. You know, I could go much deeper on this, but looking um, in particular around this idea of a Pokemon Go for Learning. So it's it's something that we've been anchoring our work, bringing together our technology collaborators and our education collaborators and focusing specifically on developing this in Washington, DC, but also, you know, as a model for others, you know, Pokemon was, you know, imaginary monsters all over. How, how do you catch them all?
0: Was, is. Well, I've gotten sucked into is. Pokemon Go. I my son every day is. Can we see what Pokemon are here? Is there a Pokestop? Is there a Battleground? What Pokemon are in the battleground? Mom, what's your favorite? You like Abra?
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now imagine it's you're still a very alive. This- Imagine you're walking down the street and you see a window or you walk by a building and something pops up and it turns out that it's a learning opportunity or a person in there that, you know, because of what you have done in your game or because of information and preferences you've put in, it's something that, you know, you'll be interested in, right? You Particularly too, for our most marginalized young people. Even public spaces are inaccessible in their minds. And so here our value is really one of you know solidarity. It's it's this how do we connect everything? How do we use this, you know, augmented reality enhanced experience? You know, there's learning opportunities everywhere. How do you catch them all? Our seventh step, you know, our value here is justice, and it's really the action of making this happen. How can we each become learning path makers and take this work forward. I have also a deep history in mediation and conflict resolution. The design of the expedition builds on that, recognizing that we're not just in crisis, we are in conflict. And that if we are going to collaborate and create better solutions, we have to come together in ways that we haven't come together before. And so, you know, as we we move to this step, and there's other things embedded in these other steps as we go forward, but we move this step, it's really like, what are the doables? What can we do together differently? And this is where it starts to cross over into the systems change, because we know that in our conversations in the pilot expedition, what happened was, you know, we had people that were across institutions who would say, oh, my, we might be able to do this together differently and the people inside individual school communities just said oh we can put this to work in our community our last step of the expedition is to to celebrate learning our conversations around education are just always so dreary sometimes <laughs> and we designed the expedition to be fun right we we have to bring and at a time when We're, you know, this isn't to be Pollyannish about all the difficulties that we're facing in the middle of the pandemic, but we all need fun, right? And learning can be fun if we do it the right way. If we don't treat responses to learning loss like this image of force-feeding farm animals comes to mind, right? It was a gavage, you know, the practice of force-feeding geese through a tube for foie gras, right? Like, that's what I think about when I hear learning loss. Like, we have to start with building your power, like building your personal strength is fun. It's rewarding, building relationships, connecting with your community. So, you know, there are these, um, these steps we are, um, you know, as I mentioned, working on, you know, what I, um, in shorthand called a Pokemon Go for learning, but it ends up being a lot more. It's really how do we then move to, the creation of a connected learning ecoverse that's grounded in technology built on a set of core values. Is it owned by some mega corporation? We have these big social platforms that have dominated ownership in our public square. If I look back in history and I, I do quite a bit because I'm also studying public theology, Um, Along with all of this as well. We look back to feudalism and the models of authority that existed then feudalism, slavery, society. I mean, there are real strong analogs between some of these big platforms, the way our, our digital lives are structured, and what we experience there. And it stems from some technology problems that are actually being solved right now. It's really interesting. Um, one of them is just this issue of digital identity, right? Self-sovereign identity. It hasn't existed on the internet for three decades. We're not people. We're session cookies and logins, which is, of course, why Google is very excited to get rid of session cookies because they have the logins. Um, <laughs> but people saw quickly uh, beyond that. There is technology. One of our collaborators is, and actually several people are working on basically how do you establish yourself? You know, as a secure, independent entity on the internet, this is coming very soon. So, this issue of identity. Secondly, this issue of ownership, ownership of data, and so we've been, you know, talking with people in data science around this. Uh, Sir Tim Berners Lee, the founder of the World Wide Web, um, has launched his company called Inrupt to take this issue on, um, using Solid technology, where we can secure our data locally. And then, you know, this is where things start to get more technical and, and Cecily's always like, Michael, you need to dial the tech stuff down, but the tech capabilities are amazing. What we can do with edge computing and distributed applications and blockchain and the emergence of the new spatial web, which will literally redefine the architecture of the internet, but I'll stop and say again that we're in an education crisis. And we can't start with any of that, right? That's way too big. Even just talking about like, you know, the data privacy apocalypse, which is real, is way too big. It's like global climate change. People can't get their heads around it. What we need to start with is where people are now. What's important to them, how we co-create a pathway forward. They have to understand this. And the best way they can understand it and the just way they should understand it is to be part of co-creating this future, this future of, of learning and work and life.
0: Yeah. To go back to something you said a little while ago, you know, we are in crisis and conflict and we need to be creative and collaborate to figure our way out of this. And I can clearly tell you're super excited about a lot of the really great technologies that are coming out. In all honesty, I'm a little with your co-founder, you're running a little over my technological knowledge of the world. But I I do see a lot of opportunity. And as you're talking about owning your data, you know, it makes me think about uh, things that we do now with building student portfolios and creating a personal brand. You know, I think a piece of what struggles with relationship building is that so much of what's online is what we decide to share with people. It's not who we are, it's one slim sliver of our full humanity is what we share online. And and some people share more than others and some people share their vulnerabilities and some people only share their strengths. But that's all we see. And there's so much more to humanity than that. And so how do we, you use this word? like, how do we see each other? Mm-hmm. Right.
1: We have to see each other. We have to understand each other. And if we use technology in a different way, it can help us with that.
0: Yeah. And I'm excited to see what comes next with the AR and VR revolution. And I hear you talking about, you know, the Pokemon Go of education. And for someone who's interested in history, like, I think it'd be fascinating to walk through my hometown and see people pop up that were a part of the town 100, 200, 300 years ago, and tell me about like, what life was like then or what stood in this spot before this skyscraper was here.
1: That technology is here. The future is here. It's just not widely distributed, you right, that mm-hmm. William Gibson would, would say. And so for us, part of this is how do we get to the point where we actually engage young people in creating what that kind of experience you just, just described? So that instead of, you know, where they are now, where our internet treats us as spectators, consumers and participants, that next generation becomes, um, becomes really the entrepreneurs and the owners of this work. Just to talk to, to here for a second about this tech gap, you know, you're there in San Mateo. I've, I've been there and worked with schools, uh, education people. I've worked with tech companies. And I know that, you know, all you would need to do is, you know, where you are, walk out and probably look around and see these buildings, right? you know, the the gap with what's happening in those buildings and what we're dealing with in education just gets Wider and wider. Mm-hmm. Wider and wider. We have to bridge, you know, along with charting this new pathway to achieve a different vision for education, we also have to chart a pathway to cross that chasm to bring people along. And that involves pulling people from both directions. You know, our approaches to school also... They silo knowledge, and in the process, they also result in, I think, people that tend to be highly specialized and segregated from each other in the in our work world. We, we fight for the rest of our lives to bridge those gaps. And so how do we bring people together from all sides of this equation um, so that that gap doesn't exist? This is going to be a tumultuous time. By 2030, augmented reality wearables will replace the phones in our pocket. That is a future that we are not ready for in so many ways. You think about Pokemon Go, right? We're going to, and the the stories about people walking out into traffic playing Pokemon Go. We're going to look back at that and say, isn't that quaint? Life was so simple then.
0: You just, just made have, me think about a uh, Google Glass. How What a cool idea it was and how far ahead of its time and how it just didn't work at that moment.
1: Right. Um, But also um, issues of privacy,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: right? You know, how it fundamentally changes human interaction. Our social, our new social platforms, the frontier on this is really, you know, community connected networks with augmented reality devices? Like, how do we start now understanding that's where we're going to be in 10 years? So with Learning Pathmakers, we're really excited to be able to both, you know, we were explaining our work to someone um, who leads innovation work for Teach for America. You may know him, Mike Yates. Mm-hmm. And Mike said, like, a lot of people are talking about this stuff, but what you're doing is you're creating solutions for 2030 and for now. So, you know, we're um, we're hoping to engage people in this journey with us. We have to build this together. And, you know, in the next few weeks, you know, we're going to be um, sharing more information about, you know, how these learning pathmakers expeditions, you know, are something that people can dig into on different levels as individuals, as education organizations, or as school communities, and really think about first starting with, you know, with students and then starting with building relationships bringing together school leaders, teachers, parents, students, and community partners. We need all of that to make this work.
0: So how can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more and they want to be involved?
1: Absolutely. There's a place to, um, to sign up for our mailing list on our website, learningpathmakers.org. We are also uh, very active on LinkedIn, which my teen son calls Facebook, but for even older people. <laughs> He's not wrong.
0: He's not wrong.
1: <laughs> He's not wrong. Um, and so I'm there on LinkedIn. Welcome people to connect with me there, Michael Robbins. I um, I also post on LinkedIn with uh, with three uh, hashtags in particular. Uh, one is Learning Pathmakers. The second is Data Dignity, you know, talking about data ownership and ethical artificial intelligence. And then the third is Into Spaceship. And there's a, a lot behind that term, but that's where I talk about you know our future interactions in virtual reality and augmented reality environments.
0: Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for your time. I think our next conversation is going to be closing that chasm between technology and education. And I think that's where, you know, that term reinventing education and so much of that is focused right now is nobody really knows how to do that, but everybody knows we got to do something. So I'd love to dig into that another time, but I want to be cognizant of time and say, thank you.
1: Yeah. Thank you very much. This is a real pleasure. I, yeah, you know, As you can tell, I can talk about this for hours. I, I hope that it, it went in the right direction. And I hope that all, you know, we have opportunities to to collaborate on this going forward.
0: Yeah, of course. Um, keep in touch. I'd love to hear more about what you're doing. Be involved any way that we can. And this is great.
1: Outstanding. Thanks so much.
0: Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Rebel Educator Podcast. To learn more about us, visit rebeleducator.com, where you can learn about our professional development opportunities for educators and students and see our project library. If you're in the San Francisco Bay Area, check out our progressive inclusive elementary school, Up Academy, at upacademysf.com. We'd like to say a special thank you to Atmosphere for use of their audio track, Miho. Thanks again for joining us, and we wish you well no matter where your educational journey may lead. There are a lot of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com/b to learn more and receive $500 off your first year, that's MyFlexLearning.com BE. Do you want to save time on prep work? Increase achievement for all student populations? Reliably meet Tier 1 standards? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's I-X-L dot com slash B-E.